busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever had a season, a time in your life, or a situation occur where you're like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to have to learn how to be comfortable making uncomfortable decisions. That I'm going to have to get to a place where I quiet the noise around me, whether it's the actions of people, the words of people, but whatever it is, I want to get to a place that I no longer allow people to infect the peace that I'm trying to ascertain and maintain. Have you ever just gotten to that point that you're like, if I can just hush people up without having to try to explain what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling and, and give them the syllabus to the course of my peace, then I think life would just be a little bit more easier, just a little easier than what it was five to 10 minutes ago. I may or may not be talking to you from a personal place, but as I only could do, I got to share from my personal life. Ooh, yes, man, it was that kind of situation. So again, I could not make this up if I wanted to. Situation at hand. There was an uncomfortable decision that I had to make regarding a certain person in my life, may or may not be a family member, where I have, in my opinion, tried to do certain things that will yield the relationship that I want. According to my wiring, there's a certain way that you have to deal with me. And I don't want to have to be dealt with in a way that is too far out of a person's reach. But I do want to be dealt with in a way that you recognize that I'm just not going to take just anything from anyone. I can't control how people wash up. I can't control how people brush their teeth because those things don't directly impact me. But if it's something that you're doing that has a direct line of impact to me, then I need to make sure that what you're doing doesn't infect me. And that's the whole goal of the season that I'm in currently at this time in my life. I am at a point that I understand people are everywhere, okay? No matter where you go, you're going to find somebody breathing, and that's just that. But I'm desiring to get to a place, and I feel like I have, you know, kind of got some, I have some real estate here in, in this particular place, so I'm cool with it. So the place that I have real estate in is that I don't allow people to infect me, but I understand that they impact me. You can impact and do something that provokes me to think new, to say, oh, you know what? I never would have thought that way had I not had this particular transaction with you. Oh, you provoked me thinking a new way. You provoked me moving a new way. You provoked me to open my eyes and see you a different way because I have been blinded by what I wanted to see you through. And then you had to take my lens and impact me and say, no, but this is what I really serve. And this is who I really am in your life. So you can definitely impact me, but I'm going to put up the necessary boundaries or whatever self-preservation skills that I need to implement immediately to make sure that I am not infected by you. Impacted and infected is two different things. One I see as positive, the other I see as negative, and I have no space for the latter. Okay? What happened, you asked? I'm glad you did. Let me tell you. I had to then go on and eliminate the access to someone in my life. The young people may call it, call it cut off, you know, 
It may sound like, you know, I'm done, whatever that sounds like. But how I am going to file that is you no longer have access to me. And I think that that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Um, I went ahead, didn't have to, by the way, I went ahead and expressed this particular notion to, uh, I'll go ahead and reveal her just a little bit, my cousin. I said, hey, this is what I did. I went ahead and blocked and deleted. And this is what I'm doing. Um, not this is what I'm doing. This is what I did, which means that it's past tense, which means that it was already done, which means that there was no com- con- conversation that was needed. I was simply relaying to you the update on the last situation that we discussed. The verbiage that was replied back to me was, and it was in a text, so I was able to read it and go, huh. Uh, cousin said to me, don't do it. Don't do that. You will block your blessings. Let me explain something to you a little bit about me. Uh, I know we've been talking for some time, but there are some updates I need to give you. I am not the person that you can talk aimlessly to. I dissect when someone's talking to me. Uh not for any other reason outside of I want to make sure that I'm applying the right seasoning to my recipe. So I want to make sure, okay, if this seasoning of some that someone's, you know, just voluntarily giving me, if it applies to my life, then I want to make sure that it goes into my pot of life. If it doesn't, I want to make sure that I continue to push it to the side because it doesn't apply to me. So that's the only level of analyticalness that I'm willing to go. It's just to see, does it apply to me? And so when I saw you'll block your blessings over something that I deemed to be an act of self-preservation. I was like, hmm, I will be honest with you. It did trigger something in me. And so I immediately went to God. <laughs> and sometimes I have these, you know, Cuba Gooding, boys in the hood, punch air moments in the spirit where I get really upset that people are just so free to say anything and they're not thinking about really the impact that it can have. And maybe they do think about it and think that's the right thing to say and just go ahead and do it. But I always think to myself, what if you would have said this very thing to someone who wasn't as strong in faith and would have felt like now I have to undo the act of boundary setting or or self-preservation that I just implemented because someone told me that I'll block my blessings. So out of fear of not wanting to, to miss out on what God has for me, I'll go ahead and continue in this lane of toxicity or this, this lane of uh, emotional, mental, whatever abuse just because because someone else feared implanted fear in me to make me feel like if I don't, I will miss God. If I don't allow someone the access to continue this negative behavior in my life, I will miss God. If I don't operate in this particular space that looks like I am Jesus um, Jr., Sr., and, uh, and all the other things under Jesus, the OG, if I don't operate in this way, then I'm liable to block, to have something blocked that God has for me. And Lord knows that we can't afford that. So what do you do? You will absolutely go to a place where you will renege on something that you know what was best for you because someone said that you'll miss out on the rest of, that God has for you. That angers me. That's a trigger moment for me. And so I'm sitting in the car where I was at this moment, and I'm like, in a safe way. Wasn't driving, wasn't nothing. I was parked, by the way. And I was like, blocked blessings? Because I implemented something that was best for me? And you don't agree with the action or the course that I took to to get there? But you can very much say, I don't agree with what you're doing, but if you feel that it's best, 
you know, go ahead and do so, which will probably be too mature because people aren't that self-reflective that they can go ahead and say, you know, I may be wrong. This may be best for you. Oh, no, people don't go that route. People go the route of, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this because what I'm saying is truth and absolute. And um, you're going to block your blessings because of something that I didn't experience in your life. So there, there should be a reason as to why you are communicating and moving in this way. And probably if I sat in your seat, I will understand. But because I'm in the back seat, I'm about to tell you from the back seat um, how you should feel driving. And, and, and what I always say to that, I'm like, you know what? You may not agree with how I'm maneuvering, but if I had your position, if I had your seat, then maybe I would have had your experience and I wouldn't have to make these decisions. But for once in your life, whomever just wants to freely give advice and, and not really sit back and say, hmm, never been in that seat to have to have that, make that kind of decision. So I don't really know. Why don't you take a back seat totally to someone's situation? And back seat advice looks a lot like I may be wrong. You may be right on how you're doing it. I don't agree with it, but you may be right on how to drive your particular car in your particular lane for your particular life. You just you you just may be right. And if you're wrong, be open enough to let God tell you that and be mature enough to fix that. That would be perfect backseat advice. But what do people do who have no license tell you how to make a U-turn? <laughs> how? How? And you don't have this experience. How? And you never sat in this seat. How? And this is my car. You understand? So I went back to God and I was like, no, I'm, I'm not even receiving that. I'm not going to receive someone telling me that what's best for me is wrong. No, I understand the dynamics to a blocked blessing. And then it hit me, Eureka, you may know, but someone else may not know the tangible equation to this is what equates to a, a blocked blessing. So I said, you know what, Holy Spirit, say no more. <laughs> you, you can trust your girl. I absolutely positively will go through this one. As soon as I get to a phone, trust and believe we're going to have this conversation. And guess what? We're going to have the conversation. So when I was thinking about the blocked blessing, the first person that came to mind, you already know, OG David. David, can I can use this man. I mean, he is like the staple of the seasonings that I can use for all my ingredients, for every single thing that I ever want to preface for my entire life. I can pull so many different things from David. I'm, I, I see David differently every time something else comes up. And I'm like, mm, I could pull that from David too. But again, when I think of a blocked blessing, I think about David and Bathsheba. Now, you already know the black backdrop on that. So pretty much... In 2 Samuel 11, it's the whole David and Bathsheba situation. You can read how she was, you know, he was supposed to be at war. So, A, he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Bathsheba was, um, never trust a big button to smile, okay? And she was doing her little ceremonial washing or whatever after her menstrual. And David just got up from his afternoon nap. Mm, was walking on the palace roof or whatever. Looked down, saw, um, she's a brick. <laughs> 
house and was like, yo, who is that? And then he had his man go get it like, oh, that's Uriah's wife. And he was like, say no more. I want to see that. So she went back into the palace. They did what grown people do when they're not supposed to be doing it, but they did it anyway. And then she sent him, you know, the olden day text and let him know, hey, buddy, I'm pregnant. And he was like, oh. Okay, we got to fix that. Um, And so the story picks up with him trying to then cover his sin. He did so many things in 2 Samuel 12 to try to get Uriah to go back to sleep with Bathsheba. But Uriah being a stand-up dude was like, "Mm, first of all, you pulled him from war. So he's like, listen, sir, unlike you, I know where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be at war. So, no, I'm not going to go home and sleep with his wife knowing that, like, yo, he he got people that are fighting right now, and he's in a comfortable place. He's not doing it. So David did another attempt. Like, he kept doing stuff like, what if I get him drunk and then tell him to go back home? Okay, what if I do this, that, and the third? And then when he seen when it wasn't working, he was just like, bro, I'm going to send you back to war. But I'm going to send you with this letter. Go ahead and give it to the officials over there at war. And he didn't even know, Uriah didn't even know, that he was carrying the very letter that was going to end his life. And so all of that is what's happening in the backdrop. But here's my thing. 2 Samuel 12. I'm going to pick up from here. Then Nathan said to David, (laughs) because Nathan came to him and was like, real talk, let me give you a little analogy. What would you do, like, if a rich man had all of these, you know, cattles and this, that, and the third, but then he took it from the poor man and was pretty much giving him an analogy in their time based upon the griminess that David did with Uriah. So David was, like, super upset, like, what? Oh, man, that that person should die, and he should repay, and blah, blah, blah. And then this is when Nathan hits him with the okey-doke, 2 Samuel um, verse 12. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uriah's wife to be your own. This is what the Lord says, because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wife to another man before your very eyes, and he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it in secret, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. You ain't never got beat by God, okay? That that was a lashing. That was premium. <laughs> Go get my belt, lay down, and shut it up while you get this beat. And I'm talking about grit teeth to the point that the, the bicuspid would have chipped. Like, you ain't never got beat by God. I don't want that kind of beating either. But they, we just saw David get beat, and we in the living room like, mm. you know how you hear your siblings or your cousins and them getting beat in the next room, and you want to sit, like, with your principal uh, is coming, hands crossed, and your legs like, whoo. If I can just make sure it don't come by me. Good Lord. Okay, great. Yeah, that's how I feel reading this. It's like, ooh, David, you in trouble. But here's the equation to the blessing that the Holy Spirit gave me. 
He said, one, th these are the key components <laughs> on how you can rest assured that you are operating in a way that's going to block a future blessing. Number one, it is led or driven by a sin. So David was led by the fact that he wanted that Meg the Stallion, Bathsheba the Stallion. You understand? He wanted Bathsheba B. You understand? He was like, listen. I don't know who your doctor is, but I'm I'm trying to see the stitches was hood. You understand me? And that was all led by the sin of lust, lack of self-control, right? Second thing that you can absolutely positively assure yourself that, yeah, I'm probably operating in a block blessing situation, is there is an attempt to cover up the sin, Uriah, he, he told Buddy, bring Uriah back from war. Uriah, you should go ahead and sleep with your wife. Oh, you're not going to go? Well, let me go ahead and try to get you drunk so you can go back home and forget what I just said and go back home to your wife. Okay, you're not going to do that? All right, so because you won't go sleep with her so I can cover up the fact that I already know Bathsheba is pregnant, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get you killed, right? And then uh, I'm going to uh, bring her into my house real quick and then cover it up. Baby going to come out looking just like me, but people going to think, oh, he got her um, pregnant when he was married. Yeah, that's a good plan. Let's go for it. David tried to cover up his sin. That's the second second most important peewee's playhouse blaring thing of, of the day sir are you trying to cover up <laughs> yeah you know what you're operating in right oh no it's definitely a sin but it's definitely the way to block your future blessings and the third most vital thing that you can go ahead and be rest assured yeah that's a block blessing situation is that god does not wait to rebuke you it is almost instantaneous Nathan was like, sir, <laughs> this is what the Lord God said to you. Um, mm -hmm, okay, great. want to go ahead and let you know that this is what's happening. And it was like, oh. Now, prior, how 2 Samuel 11, the verse prior or the chapter prior, how it ends. And I'm going to go ahead and read the last two chapters of that. It says, when Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. When the period of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her to the palace, and she became one of his wives. Then she gave birth to a son, but the Lord was displeased with what David had done. So we can already see, yeah, that whole transaction, bruh. <laughs> yeah, um, I know that you felt that that was wrong. I know that you know the steps to get there was wrong, but God going to go ahead and tell you, you're not going to be clueless on the fact that, mm, I wonder what I did was acceptable and pleasing. And no, he's going to let you know. He's going to let you have that son, you know, just to be able to set your eyes on what you did. But it's amazing to me that David was more, he had more respect for the rituals of his day than the respect for the calling that God had on his life. The fact that he waited for the mourning period to be over for Bathsheba to go ahead and mourn over Uriah being dead. You waited for that? So that she, she, you can become her husband. She could become your wife. You know, but she's already pregnant, sir. I'm sure she's showing. But you have more respect for the ritual. You have more respect for what was, you know, normalized or, or would have been taboo in that day. Isn't that a lot like people? It don't matter if it's... If, if what you're doing behind closed doors is wrong. But as long as it looks good in front of other people, then you're okay. Oh, no, I dare not go ahead and, and try to, you know, circumvent the fact that she's mourning her husband. 
But she's going to have to come on here with this baby in her stomach that I, was, that I gave her when she was with her husband. And, yeah, we're going to go ahead and just bring her right in this palace. So right away, um, that room right there is yours. We already got your robe and everything set up. You just got to take another bath. You're good. You see what I'm saying with that? Three things you can rest assured. One, led or driven by sin. Two, you attempt to cover it up. And three, you don't have to guess because God's going to go ahead and rebuke it. Then you know what God did? He was like, you know what? I want you to go back and go to um, Adam and Eve. Because <laughs> I ain't just do it then. You know, I don't want to be the person that goes ahead and tells you one area that God did it. Listen, we can go ahead and see that this formula works somewhere else. So we already know Eve was tempted, right? Come on, bro. He told you, just don't eat from that particular tree and what did you do you said oh tree it's like come on bro like why would you do it but but let's go ahead and see if those particular principles work for eve was she led by an action or any form of sin yes it was greed it was it was greed the fact that god gave you all of that and you still wanted the one thing that he said no to that is greed which is a sin yes so checkpoint on the first point. Second point, did she attempt to cover it up? Yeah. Remember when her, Adam and Eve, um, Adam and her went ahead and f put those fig trees together? And I'm sure it was a beautiful, uh, I don't know where they got a needle and thread from. I don't know how that works. I don't know how they sewn anything, but it's none of my business because I don't sell. They may have done a wonderful job. It, I wasn't there, so I'm not going to judge. That's somebody's grandbaby, and I'm fine. But the fact that y'all went ahead and literally tried to cover it up. I don't know what you did with the fruit. I don't know if you tried to put it back on the tree because y'all probably wasn't that smart back then. I don't know if you tried to bury it real quick. Like, oh, I don't know if you, I don't know what you did, but you definitely tangibly tried to cover it up literally by sewing the fig trees together. And did God rebuke them? Mm-hmm, sure did. But, I, but when I read back on Genesis 3, I saw something completely different. I want to start at verse 7. At that moment, their eyes were open. So this is after she, matter of fact, I'm going to go one verse up. I'm going to go to 6. The woman was convinced because the enemy knows how to persuade, bruh. You got to be careful who you let in your ear, but we're going to save that for another time. The enemy knows how to persuade. He's good at it. He's been doing it from the from the test of time, and that's why he can operate in a person's sin and have them convinced that they absolutely positively need this. You absolutely positively need it, Bathsheba. Out of all the wives and concubines that David had, oh, no, but you need this one. Out of all the trees that was there, all the fruit, all the vegetation, all everything accessible to you that you could have had, no, you absolutely need this one and so because greed is a sin and because the enemy works his best in sin guess who becomes a victim to they sin if they don't have the fruit of the spirit of self-control i'm sorry i rolled my eyes at you and that's fine back to verse six the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious still just using your senses which is real close to sin but i digress and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Seven, at that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shamed at their nakedness. So they sewn fig leaves together to cover themselves. Eight, 
When the cool evening breezes was blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. You know what I never seen before? The fact that God could have came in that garden at any time. God wasn't limited to the fact that he can only come in and talk to the people that he made at night. He could have interrupted and been like, ah, ah. Uh-uh, serpent, get away from my He He could have went ahead and, and interrupted the fact that the serpent was talking to Eve at a very opportune time. I want to say, you know, maybe it was her month, uh, time of the month, but we ain't have no cycle. And to eat, mm, calm down, stabilize your pressure. You're not going to blame her. Okay. All right, felt good about that. Had to, ca- had to catch that. Because I almost got my pressure hot. I had to catch it. Okay. So, but God could have walked in on the thing that he created. He could have walked in in that paradise at any time. But he waited to see how they would have responded to that situation. So, okay, cool. God was like, all right. Um, I, I, You forced me to see the fact that you were convinced to do something I told you not to do. Now I got to see you look at yourself in a way that you feel shame all of a sudden because of the way that I made you. I never wanted you to see that, but that, that's what comes with the sin. Congratulations. That's what comes with the sin, David. Pregnancy. Congratulations. Okay, cool. And now God had to watch them cover it up. Then God was like, let me go ahead and let me, let me go down and talk to them real quick. So when they hid themselves, verse 9, then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? 10 he replied I heard you walking in the garden so I hid I was afraid because I was naked 11 who told you you were naked the Lord God asked have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat 12 the man replied it was the woman you gave me who um gave me the fruit and I, and I ate it 13 okay. then the Lord God asked the woman what have you done the serpent deceived me she replied that's why i ate it 14 then the lord god said to the serpent all right because of what you have done and then he went ahead and cursed them till he couldn't curse them more you know this is the first time that somebody cursed <laughs> you understand uh, it wasn't bad words it was i'm gonna put something over you you ain't gonna be able to shape because it's gonna be permanent that's how to go so did, did eve's situation equate to the three points of blocking the blessing was it led by sin did she attempt to cover it did god rebuke that's how you know it, it, it's a sinful situation that's how you know that you get ready to block your blessing because it it meets the criteria and it's amazing to me how people will look at the criteria of you limiting access um, or person's access in your life or you limiting the fact that you no longer want to be in that toxic situation anymore. And people will look at you and see that you are not operating in a way that you look like a human punching bag and say, oh, no, but you'll block your blessings. What? OK, so let me self-assess. Was the decision that I made driven by any form of sin? No, because what I can honestly say is I've gotten to a point that I don't cut people off or make boundaries because I'm angry. Anger or whatever emotion that was surfacing while the situation was happening is my indicator. It is my alarm clock. It is my wake up, something trying to get your attention. And so I pay attention to it, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not driven by it. You understand the difference in that? So while you may have been angry or felt this emotion that was done to you, that doesn't mean that that became your fuel. That just became your knock, knock, open the door. I want to show you something different. Yeah, you need to adjust this person's access to you in life. 
Did I attempt to cover anything up? No, there's nothing to cover up. When you're not operating in sin, and that's the beauty of it. When you're not operating in sin, you're operating in, in freedom. You are free to do whatever needs to be done to make sure that your life is as comfortable as you would like it to be. Not perfect, as comfortable as your wiring requires for it to be. And so guess what? I leave that door open for God to rebuke me if he sees fit. I'm not too big to apologize. I'm not too big to go, you know what? I was wrong. I miscalculated. Let me go back. I'm not too big to not to do any of that. I'm open. God, I make all my decisions in pencil. You have the eraser, the, the permanent marker, however you want to do it. But I understand that I am clay and you are God. But from what I can see, from my eyes view, this is a decision that has to be made to keep my life in order and keep the peace that I'm trying to maintain and ascertain permanently. You see what I'm saying? And the one thing that I got from both David and Adam and Eve is you cannot live a peaceful life without honesty, without just being truthful. I guarantee you, if David just would have said to God, bruh, she is bad. <laughs> Do she got a sister from the same mister? God, you know what? Um... And, and, and that's something that used to always irritate me. I'm like, the same David that was like, all right, God, I'm going to take these pebbles and I'm going to try to kill this Goliath and we're just going to see what happens, but I trust in you. Why couldn't David just be like, God, woo, I I'm going to go back there to one of my concubines and I, I don't know if it was the face or the waist, but I'm going to just keep this picture in my head and pray that you take this energy out of me that's driving me to want to go down and do something stupid. Let me just go ahead and just uh, take one of these concubines and do that with. And I pray that once I'm done, I don't have that urge anymore. Like, why didn't you ask him real quick? Like, take that urge away. I don't like that. I ain't never had, I ain't never wanted to kill over no girl. This is crazy. I don't really want to. You see what I'm saying? Why didn't you just say that? Why didn't Adam and Eve just go to God and say, listen, I know that you said don't touch that fruit. But can I ask you something real quick? Can, um, can we have a fruit that's close to it? Like whatever color that fruit is, whatever, whatever that looks like, can you make one that looks like that, like that I can eat so that I'm not tempted to do nothing stupid? Okay, great. Like just be truthful. And that's what was lacking from these situations. It was just a lack of truthfulness. Listen, if nothing at all, nothing at all, keep it a hundred with yourself. Keep it a thousand with God and keep it 200 with people. You, what you doing don't have to make sense to nobody else. What you need to do for your life don't have to make sense to anybody else because no one else is driving your car. No one else has to make, sh make sure that that car has the right tune-ups, that they put the right gas in that. You are the, the manager of the wiring that God gave you. And only you know if you're being truthful to yourself. And so, no, me cutting someone off is not me blocking my blessing because you don't know how God wired me and you don't know that this is not coming from a malicious place. And so if I can make decisions that is not embedded in the foundation of sin, then I should be able to garner anything that I require to make sure that I'm maintaining the peace that God required for me to have. That I am maintaining my peace. Maintaining maintenance. You may have to do some things that looks different to other people. 
And what you consider freedom may look like, oh, you you may block your blessing. People miscall things they don't understand all the time. When them disciples was in the boat and they looked out in the ocean, they was like, ghost? That's a ghost, bruh. Bruh, that is a ghost. And it wasn't until it, he got closer that they was like, oh, that's Jesus. Oh, okay. But you know what the beauty of it is? I don't have to wait till something gets that close to somebody else for them to validate the decisions that has to be done in my life. And I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but because it happened to me, I had to share it with you this week. Don't you dare allow someone else to categorize something that you require in your life, be it a boundary, be it cutting someone off, be it changing your phone number, however you need to exercise that. You need to move out of such and such's house, whether it's your parents, whether you need to, okay, you know what, I was shacking up and I feel wrong about this, so I'm going to go ahead and move out. We can still be together, but we got to be in different locations because the peace that I require, I don't feel peaceful about this situation. I don't feel peaceful. Don't you allow no one to make your peaceful decision look like you about to block your blessing and I pray that that means to you what it's supposed to mean oh if you do that he may not want to marry you oh if you do that your boss may go ahead and fire you oh but if you do that then they probably not gonna want to be friends with you no more oh but if you do that that family member is going to be upset with you but if you do that but if you lived my life you would realize if you had my wiring you would realize if you had my heart you would realize if you had my seat in life you would realize that I am not comfortable and I am not peaceful so what do you want me to do live my life according to you but be uncomfortable when you're not here what do you want me to do So I apologize if it looks like blocked blessing to you, but what it really is to me is a peaceful life. It's a peaceful life to me. And so my challenge to you is go ahead and jot down those three points. Is it led or driven by sin? Are you attempting to cover it up? And Do you feel that God is rebuking this in you? And trust me, the rebuking ain't going to be hard hard to um, grasp. (laughs) God was real clear when he told Nathan to tell David, "Uh, Sir, (laughs) let me go ahead and tell you what's getting ready to happen. God was real clear when he was talking to Adam and Eve. So this is what's getting ready to happen. You going to have pain with childbirth. Like we still reaping the benefits of the curse that she had then. You understand? So you you ain't going to miss the rebuke. So it ain't going to be no, I don't know if God's not happy with me. Oh, trust me. It's going to be loud and clear. You ain't going to be able to miss it. I pinky promise you. So jot down those three points. And if you don't fall anywhere in those categories, then guess what? You are operating in a spirit of peace. And you're implementing boundaries. And you're adjusting some people's seat in your lives. And that's okay. That is okay. But no longer are we going to keep calling Jesus a ghost when we know that it's a Jesus thing. You see what I'm saying? All right. I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that no one else is going to have with you, that I'm going to take you by the shoulder when things is happening to me, and I'm going to shake you the way that God shook me, and we both going to be shooketh together as a family, okay? 
But I'm going to go ahead and let you go. I want to talk to you about something else, too. So when your phone rings, pick up. You know who it is. It's your favorite homegirl. Later.